Hello, and thank you for listening to today's broadcast from Stony Point Baptist Church with Pastor Jim England. Today's message, entitled Christmas Sewing, continues Brother Jim's series through the Gospel of Luke. And now, here's Brother Jim. Very good. Thank you. We're going to ask you to take your Bible. We're looking once again this morning in the Gospel of Luke. We're picking up in Luke chapter 8. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. So we're in Luke. This will be chapter 8. We're going to pick up with verse 4 this morning. So Luke chapter 8, verse 4. It says, When a great multitude had gathered, they had come to him from every city. And so he spoke by parable. He said, A sower, this is Jesus, went out to sow seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. It was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock. And soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprang up, and it choked with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground. And it sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried and he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then the disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And Jesus said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest it is given in parables that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. And we want to have prayer again together. Lord, will you bless us today as we study and honor your word. And Lord, I just ask your Holy Spirit would just be able to give us wisdom and insight that you would guide us. And I just pray that each one here can draw closer to you. Lord, there may be somebody that doesn't know you, and I just ask that today they can sense your presence and know that Jesus Christ loves them and died for them, and they can give their heart and life to Him this day. I just thank you again for all that you do for each person that's here, and I pray for your blessings, and we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listening. Pretty hard, isn't it? I'm sure there's times you wish that you would have listened that you didn't, you know, maybe you was taking a test at school and you thought, man, I wish I would have listened a little bit better. Uh, listening's not an, an easy thing. And I think that this parable has to do with listening. In fact, Jesus shares this parable in Mark chapter 4. And in verse 3, when he starts off, he uses the word listen. He said, listen. Then you get down to verse 8. Jesus said, let him who hath ears to listen, to pay attention to what's being said. One person, one preacher was preaching one time and he stopped all of a sudden. There was a couple of girls that was in the very back. They were giggling and kind of cutting up. So he just stopped and he said, folks, I'm going to stop for just a second. He said, there's a couple of people here today that haven't heard a word I've said. Now I need for you to listen. He said, and that did it. He said when the service was over, he said he had three or four adults apologize to him because uh, they had fallen asleep or were daydreaming. It's hard to focus and to listen. You know, and sometimes we just wonder, how effective are we? Christmas is here. There's so much going on, so much to do. 
so many ministries, so many people wanting money, so many places to give and to serve, and does it really make a difference? Does it really matter? Because sometimes we've heard stories where, you know, we've helped people. In fact, I know that we've delivered food boxes and then somebody already had a couple other people deliver food boxes. Had that happened before? We've seen people, you know, that you think, They've got as much as I've got. Does it really matter? Jesus really addresses some of that right here in this parable. Now, we didn't finish reading the verses because the disciples asked Jesus to tell them what this meant. Let me just remind you of some of the things Jesus said. So as he tells this parable, he said, you know, a sower went out to sow seed. Now, also mark down here in your margin, because we didn't, we didn't get there. We didn't go down to verse 11. But Jesus tells the disciples what this means. So in verse 11, he said, the seed is the word of God. You know, you can't go wrong sowing seed when it's the word of God. Christmas is an exciting time because it gives us ample opportunity to do just that, to sow seed. It's God's word. How do you do it? There's several ways we can do it. One, preaching and teaching. So we gather church, Sunday school for church, preaching and teaching God's Word and allowing it to be able to have an impact. And it really is exciting about Christmas. We learn from the Word of God. And television, social media, you can make posts and you can have an impact even if you can't preach and teach don't have that gift, you can be able to help sharing God's Word by sharing those. So it's a wonderful opportunity, and at Christmas time, people may listen that never listen other times. Then there's singing and sharing of God's Word. Christmas caroling. Do you like going Christmas caroling? Christmas caroling gives us a chance to share God's Word, the truths about Jesus. And many times... People don't want you to tell them, sing a gospel song or listen to a gospel song, but they will at Christmas. And so it's an opportunity to sow seed through singing, sharing testimonies, sharing, answering questions about Christmas and Christ. And so there is opportunity that's not found other times of the year. People are more open singing and sharing God's Word. And then at Christmas... There's also chances of illustrating and living out the Word of God. And so we have nativities. We have plays. We have an opportunity to be able to share the truths, the gospel about Jesus Christ through all of these things. And then just living, serving, giving, doing things that just impact others and people can see the good that's taking place because of Christ. And so that Christmas just opens up an, a new opportunity to sow seed. And so Jesus said, you know, a sower went out to sow seed. Who is that? It could be anybody. It could be all of us. And hopefully during Christmas, each of us will sow seed of God's Word, of the Gospel, and make an impact. Then Jesus, though, He said in verse 12, He said, you know, those by the wayside are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes 
You need to understand something. We have enemies to God's Word. There's enemies. And in the Bible, there's always three enemies that's throughout the Bible that we have to face as Christians that are enemies to God's Word. These are three that you know, and if you don't know, you should know. And he mentions here first the devil. He's real. And Satan is there trying to gather up that seed to distract. He does not want people to be saved. That's what he goes on to say. Doesn't want people's lives to be changed. Don't want people to be helped. They don't, he doesn't want people to know and find God. To serve and to worship God. And so Satan is there trying to pick up the seed. So people can't be impacted. you got to know that Satan is real and he hates you and he hates people and he's at work. But he's not the only enemy. And so throughout this, it's not mentioned by name, but it, you can kind of see it when we, and, we, and we'll look at this a little closely, but the flesh. What are we talking about when we talk about flesh? Well, in the New Testament, when they talk about the enemy being the flesh... They're talking about our sinful nature. Adam and Eve rebelled against God, and as a result, we are their descendants and been passed upon us a sinful nature. It's a desire within us that's a selfish desire just to please us, ourselves. It's where our evil and the choices we make come from. It's an evil desire that's within us. Peter warned about it in 2 Peter 2.11. He said, abstain from lust of the flesh that wars against the soul. And so we have desires, fleshly desires, that cause us during Christmas to say, hey, I want, it's about me. I want things for me. I want to please myself. It's all about me. Satan, he takes part in our flesh, knowing that our flesh is real and tempts us and says, life's about you being happy, about you being joyful. And Christmas is about joy, so do whatever you have to do because it's all about you and only you. Today, we're told on television, have it your way. You've got to get all you can. Life is short it's, so make sure that you're happy. Make sure you're served. Make sure you're satisfied. The flesh, it's an enemy. It keeps us from serving and knowing God's Word and doing God's Word. And here's our third enemy, the world. The Bible tells us in James chapter 4, verse 4, anybody that's a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Isn't that something? A friend of the world, an enemy of God. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul said, Don't be conformed to this world. This world wants to shape you, to mold you, to pressure you to be like them. You see, if we get enough people to go along with sin, then it'll be okay, right? If the majority of people say that this is right, that if the majority of people would say that Adultery is okay. If the majority of people would say that stealing in some situation, it's okay. That lying, it's okay. Then it'd be okay, right? That's what people think. And so the world tries to conform us. 
listen to what John said. This is in John chapter 2, verse 15. He said, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it's not of the Father, but is of the world. And here's something you need to know. The world passes away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God will abide forever. And so the world is lying to you to shape and to conform you, to get you to be like them. It's a lie. But he that's truly happy, the person that finds real peace, the person that's going to make a difference for eternity is the person that knows God's word and does it. That's in the very will of God. And so Jesus says, the sower went out to sow seed. It's the word of God. But the enemy came. We've got enemies. You've got to know that. But the sower sowed the seed anyway. So is he successful? Well, Jesus says, here's the soil that this, where the seed landed. And there were four types. So what Jesus is saying is, whenever you're doing something with God's word, there are four types of people out there. So that means that not everybody is actually going to listen. Is going to be impacted. See, today, here's the question. Which one of these soils would you say you are? Jesus first said that seed sometimes will hit on a hard soil. You see, they had these fields that were narrow. And they made it where people could pass through. Sometimes they could get to the edges. And so they were pass. And so it became hardened. And when the seed fell on the hardened soil, it didn't sink down. And basically he says the birds came or Satan would come and pick it up. Because it never really would take root. And so, you know, there's some people that come to church even are going to come to advance. They're not really interested in hearing God's Word. They're not interested in hearing what's said or worshiping God. They are interested in the excitement or being with people, and so they come, but they get themselves distracted because they plan on being distracted. And so they really don't want to focus or pay attention, so they're more interested in looking at other people they're interested in saying, I wonder what that person's doing here. Or I'm just as good as that person. <laughs> Can't believe what they're wearing. They're thinking about what's going to happen after church or what's going on so and so. And so they really never take in what's being said. And Satan tries to make sure that they can get distracted. He tries to help them because he doesn't want God's word to be heard and really to to take in and to begin to set in your, in your heart. So there's the hardened heart, the hardened soul. Then there's the shallow surface. That's what Jesus mentioned. And so in verse 12, Jesus said, those, oh, by the way, verse 13, he says, but the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, but they have no root. And so it, there in Israel, there's a lot of limestone. And so it's 
not very far in the ground. And so if you throw seed on it, it may shoot up at first, but it, that's all because it can't, roots can't go down. They have nowhere to go. So it'll eventually just die and fade away. And Jesus said it's like a person that gets really excited. They just come and they're really excited about what's happening. You see, in Jesus' ministry, they were people following Him because they were miracles. They were people following Him because it really was exciting being where Jesus was at. But, Jesus said, whenever adversity happens, whenever sickness takes place, they're gone because they've never taken root. They don't understand that God works through life that works through difficulty, that adversity is going to happen. How else are you going to grow in your faith, expose your faith? How else are you going to trust God? And so whenever this sickness takes place, they're gone. Well, I prayed and God didn't answer my prayer. They leave because they never really took real root. So the first sign of trouble, the first time somebody says, I don't like this. The first time there's somebody that's disgruntled, we leave. Jesus said it's the shallow surface heart. See, Christmas is exciting. And there's people that'll come in because there's all kinds of things happening. And Christmas, there's things to do. But just as soon as something difficult takes place, that's it. Then he mentions a third type of soul. Notice it's verse 14. Now, we didn't read verse 14, but notice again with me. It said, Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares, riches, and pleasures of life. So basically, Jesus said, They throw the seed out and it grows but it's growing with thorns. Jesus said this is like people that basically the world, remember we talked about the world, that the world is conforming. And so they start thinking, you know, I love God, but I love other things too. And you can ask them, we miss you at church, what's going on? Well, I'm just busy. I'm busy, and sometimes it could be good things. It can be sports or activities. It could be all kinds of different things, but I just really don't have time for God. You know what the first commandment, first couple commandments has to do with God, having no other gods before Him, worshiping Him. But what we end up doing is replacing God, and He's not the priority, and we put other things in. We're interested in money. We're interested in getting wealth. And if God can fit in, okay. But if He can't, that's all right. And so Jesus said, the Word of God is crowded out. It's crowded out. I just wonder how many people have a crowded out heart. No room for God being the priority. Listen, it happens at Christmas and throughout the year. Then Jesus mentions a good heart. 
He mentions that in verse 15. He said, Then the, there's some that fell on a good heart, good ground. And there are those who, have, having heard the Word of God with a noble and good heart. The word noble means honest. Good. The word good can mean beautiful. It's a person that just wants to purely worship God, to honor Him, His Word. R.C. Sproul said, one lady, when she first heard this parable being explained, it just tore up. And she said, oh, I think I may have had my heart, may not be good soil. And she just wept and she said, Lord, change me. Allow my heart to be good soil. Lord, help me to love your word. When I read the Bible, to be able to focus on, not be distracted by other things, not thinking about other things, but to actually love your word and want it to understand it and to apply in my life. Help me, Lord, to love listening and really hearing what you want to say. A noble heart. So Jesus said, anytime that we scatter God's Word, no matter what we do, it's not always going to be effective because it's hitting different types of soil. So the question for us today is, personal first, how's my soil? How's my heart? See, a heart that Jesus goes on displaying that's good is a person that's going to love God's Word and keep it and then bear fruit from it. So what does a fruitful life look like? A fruitful life is going to be this. A fruitful life is a person that's going to be winning other people to Christ. In fact, that's the Great Commission that's given to us in Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. It's what we're about, where Jesus said, Go ye therefore into all the earth, to all the world. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then teaching them to observe all the things which I've commanded you. And he tells us, lo, I'm with you always. Or Acts 1.8, where Jesus, there he tells us that, listen, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And then you're going to be my witnesses. Where at? In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And then to the uttermost parts or to all the earth. We're to be his witnesses. We have a desire to be able to help others to know Christ. A person that is bearing fruit will bear godly character. Paul talked about that. He said, when the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, the fruit of the Spirit, this is Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith and meekness, and temperance, and against such there is no law. He said, all these qualities will be a part of your life. Now, even before that, in Galatians 5, he lists the fruits of the flesh. If you're not allowing the Spirit to be in control, then your flesh is in control. And he lists all these things that are just ugly and we don't like. They're in, you can look it up in Galatians chapter 5. So fruitful life is going to be concerned about other people. It's going to be godly character. And then there's going to be good works. We're not saved by works. Ephesians Chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, It's by faith we've been saved through faith, not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, so we can't boast. 
But chapter, verse 10 of chapter 2 says this, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We're God's masterpiece. He's at work in our life so that people can tell we're a Christian by the good things we do. So a fruitful life will produce good works. Fruitful life will have a giving spirit. You will want to give. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, Paul talks about how God loves a cheerful giver. A hilarious giver. Somebody that just enjoys it. And when God is at work in your life, You love giving. And really and truly, my life, I want more than anything else to honor and glorify God. I was thinking about the Apostle Paul because he just said in Galatians chapter 2 how that he's been crucified in Christ. He said, and now it's not not me that lives, but it's Christ that lives through me. That's how it should be, isn't it? That we let Christ live through us. Paul said, more than anything else, I want God to be honored and glorified. That's a fruitful life. Now let me ask you something. You're sowing seed. You notice that there's some people that's their life, maybe that's being crowded out. Should you just give up on that person? No. Don't give up on people. Help them. Help them to be able to see their priorities. Help them. Pray for them. You might talk to them. You might just ask the Holy Spirit to be able to help. But try to help them be concerned because we want people to be able to have good hearts that are open to God. You know what? You might look at this passage and say, Brother Jim, this isn't really Christmas. No, wait a minute. It has a lot to do with Christmas. What kind of soy are we going to have during the Christmas season? And as Christians, we have such an opportunity to sow seed and to make a difference. Let's not let Christmas go by without sowing seed. And let's not let Christmas go by without having, making sure and examining ourselves that we've got a good heart and then try to help others to be able to have the same. Let's take a moment and have prayer, okay? Dear Lord, I thank you so much for your word. How powerful it is. Lord, I know that Jesus, he spoke in parables. He told stories that were entertaining. But Lord, they were more than entertaining. They were powerful. That helped us to get close to you. Lord, help us not to come just so we can hear a joke. But help us, Lord, to want to be able to get close to you. And I just ask, Lord, that each of us can examine ourselves. Lord, there may be somebody here. The truth is they're not a Christian. Seed of God's Word has never taken root because they've never truly repented of their sins and trusted and put their faith in you. Lord, there's other people. They've allowed their faith to be crowded. They've not grown. They're very immature. They, Lord, today they just they see themselves for who they are and where they're at. And they need to come and be able to come and get, get 
right with you. Lord, there's other people. There's all kinds of things going on. There's pressures and things in Christmas. But Lord, they want to be able to honor you. May today you just help them to trust you in faith. Lord, there's circumstances in people's lives that is concerning. And I know that you love them and concerned about them. And I just ask that today they can come and bring these burdens to you. Lord, may you have your will. May this be a special holy time in Jesus' name.